speaking of ineffective sci-fi, Justin. What's up? How did you like Star Trek Discovery now that we've finished the series, I guess, all of us? Did we all finish it? We did all finish season one, the first half of season one, the fall portion. It's coming back in January. I really dislike, but just like on a larger meta level, I dislike shows that do that now. Why? I don't know. It just, I've become accustomed to like the Netflix model, or at the very least, like you have a complete season where you tell your story and then you get So it you just wanted to dump on you, like, boom. Well, at least like, don't be like, oh, hey, we have like half season bullshits for like, you like space it out through, you know, half the year, then another half of the year. And it seems like, you know, you're. God, Justin, why are you so greedy? Well, well, you want it all right now. I mean, I blame CBS for that. I don't like the show. I don't think they did a good job, but I don't think that that was necessarily like there. You didn't like JJ Trek? No. In like, you know, a serialized fashion? I do not. <laughs> we'll talk about that more later. Okay. But I want to stick with your impressions of the rest of the episodes, having not been like a Star Trek guy ever. Um, I mean, it it just... I was asking why a lot, mm-hmm. and it was like, why, why are they injecting, like, hard juice into a guy? And why is the food replicator thing for, like, what sort of tomatoes... What Star Trek is? Yeah. Now, I guess it Justin, is. Justin, you're not thinking about this like a visionary Hollywood director like J.J. Abrams, who is a genius, by the way. Was he actually involved in this? Um, or did no. they just like take his, you his, know, His lead? acolytes were involved. I think they, they took his uh, aesthetic and stuff. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I got out of it. But they didn't, I don't think he was involved directly. <clears throat> that may account for how visually interesting the series is but i yeah so what did you think about it from like a a storytelling plot perspective like setting aside the jj track elements like what did you think of like you said you asked why a lot yes you think it just was it like just random shit like the replicator talking back to you or was it like was there any bigger stuff larger stuff than that or was it just the small things that annoyed you like, there were larger things that annoyed me. It was like, I mean, like we you mentioned last week, last week, week before, whatever. Um, like, why did they just cast or, you know, write a character that is just so, like, blah? It's like, why is there, you know, some, like, why are the Vulcans just, like, dicks? I thought they were, like, at least a little bit nice. It seems like they all have, like, a rod shoved off their ass in this show. Um, why is there like, you know, suicide bomber Vulcans like it, that <laughs> it was like explored for one episode and then it was just like dropped and it's like, are, are we going to revisit this? Is this like a, you know, a larger plot point where like they are, you know, working against what the Federation is doing? Nope. Okay. Just, that's just that one guy for, you know, this one little plot element so we can try to have what we're calling a character moment, which kind of dumb like why what, what is this weird mind thing that they have between Sarek and Michael like who uh Anne Michael Burnham 
Wait, what was the person in Arrested Development? Anne? Wasn't that her name? Who? Egg. Egg. <laughs> Michael Burnham. Not Michael Burnham. Um, it, I, I don't know. It was... And, and like I said, like the Klingon thing, like, again, I'm not familiar with the IP, but it... It it didn't really seem like they were like that deep. It was just like we're mad because we're mad and yeah, we're not gonna take it anymore. Like they didn't really have a strong justification for anything in um, that I saw in STD. They were just the bad guys. Are they deeper in you know other ones at least? Like yeah, they had a lot more going on in the TNG DS9 continuity. Okay, because like this show is like okay we're mad because we're mad and then because they're the bad guys I then mean, like there was like the one little piece like that one weird Klingon woman was like hey I want to defect it's like okay we have like an actual like character here that's just not you know the samey same person I can't probably. believe we missed this what the Klingons are I can't I said I can't believe we missed this the Klingons are in JJ track because they want revenge Yes. Like every J.J. Abrams villain. Yes. It's poetry. Yes, it rhymes. Um, <clears throat> yeah, random defector lady, uh, <clears throat> the human guy who's definitely not the Klingon guy. So I like read a little <laughs> bit about that online. I'm like, uh, that seems like a little bit of bullshit, but yeah, it's still not that interesting. It Is anything out. that interesting? <clears throat> I mean, I almost fell asleep at the beginning of it when it's like, we're taking you to Federation Super Prison forever, and then the shuttle, like, ends up on uh, Draco Malfoy's dad's ship. Is that who... Is it Lucas? Colonel Luca? Tavington? Yeah, Colonel... He got captain demoted, Morgan. though. For the, he's yeah. now just a captain, no it's longer true. a colonel. I think it's different in the Navy, though, so he might have gotten promoted. Might have been good for him. Wait, what was this uh, captain's name? Lucas? Lorca. Lorca. Yeah. Okay. Who sounds like he's perpetually angry all the time. And he's very short with his crew. I don't know why they had him do an American accent. <clears throat> why not just have him speak his normal British accent? It would have been fine. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe because he's a bad guy. And we're bad. And, I mean... I still feel the same way that I felt last week where like the only person I slightly cared about and I cared about him even less than when we did the first two episodes was Fishman, which he really went nowhere. I mean, I feel like not any of these characters just they went nowhere. That's the biggest problem is that nobody goes anywhere. Like, I don't know. It felt like... All of the episodes were like filler. Like, there's this idea in like anime where like <laughs> you have episodes that like, okay, we're like you know gonna beat up you know Frieza or something like that, and like that's an actual plot one. And then they have like a random one where they do like a cookout on like Master Roshi's island or something. That's filler, but it felt like all of the episodes were Master Roshi's island. What did you think, Grant, being a Star Trek person? Uh, my impression of it improved over the nine episodes. I stand by what I said last <laughs> week, that the first two episodes were pretty much dog shit. 
and uninteresting, but I thought it got better as it went on. I just finished the ninth episode this morning. So that's the last one that's available. It, I, I There's mean, still things that are seriously wrong with it, but it got better. And See, I thought like the ending was just like kind of dumb. But it's not the ending. It's just I know, like but the mid-season finale. Well, it's bullshit. It's like, you know, the ending for a while. That's what you're going to be, you know, until thinking January. about. Until Spoil us, Justin. Month. Tell us how it ends. Well, Tardman, like, jumps around the, the, the crypt ship or whatever like that of the Klingons. The space mausoleum thing, yeah. So, like, he's able to, like, make a 3D map of where the ship is. But they're already, like, like, I don't get it, like... It cloaks right in front of them, and they can detect warp signatures, so it's like, you know it's still there. And you're jumping circles around it, and your ship isn't, like, running into it. Yeah. So, like, you should have, like, enough of an idea to be like, okay, fire, like, two torpedoes this way, but, again, it's that Y thing. And then, yeah, like, Tardman jumps too much and gets, you know, screwed up and like, all right, Captain, I'm going to go on one last, you know, patrol and do one more jump. And jumps to a weird place. That's the end. Well, that was really predictable. Like I said, okay, he's going to die. Something bad's going to happen. When <laughs> well, he does no shit. Last jump. Like, it was seriously like those cop <laughs> yeah. movies where it's like, oh, I'm one day from retirement. It's like. Yeah, I mean, a uh, lot of this okay. stuff is, it's predictable and a lot of it is derivative especially from other star trek series especially like the time loop episode how many episodes where there's a time loop are there in tng and especially tng there's like five time loop episodes i i was like really just like wondering what the reason why they like just didn't like shoot this that harvey mud dude in the face and like I looked it up after, I'm like, okay, he's like a reoccurring character across different series, but I'm like, that's still a fucking stupid reason. Like, I feel like if any other character was doing this, they would just be like, all right, you are, you know, under arrest, and we're not just gonna give you back to your, you know, wife or something like that, or leave you in a prison to like rot. It's like James Bond style. It's like, okay, I'll just leave you to die in there. It's like, and walk away. It's like, why don't we just shoot him? It's like, shut up, John. What was that guy's name in? Austin Powers. Scott. Scott. Like, he's right here. I've got a gun in my bedroom. <laughs> we can shoot him right now together. <laughs> like, no, we're going to leave him in the cell for the Klingon cigarette. <laughs> was, was that Dr. Evil or Mr. Plinkett? I well, couldn't tell. They didn't, <laughs> they didn't kill that guy because they don't murder people. That's their ethos as federation you know starfleet officers don't murder people even if they're scumbags like i mean you know, uh, it's not harvey mudd it's harry <laughs> harvey mudd is a fucking college right <laughs> that's what no, i was gonna no, no, no. Was, it, was it harvey weinstein you were thinking of? <laughs> no i was, was the, it, the last name right mudd? no no i was thinking anything of harvey mudd because it, there is the college and that's why i, was, right. I kept getting like that screwed up it's harry yeah, mudd harry mudd. yeah okay yeah because he's Before a character he, he's a character who made two appearances in the original star trek series and the guy who played him did a lot of voice acting, but wasn't really, I don't know. I think that's one of the things that bothers me. There's no reason to have that guy in there except as a callback to Star Trek fans. 
thought it would have been better if they just made this guy a completely new character because then they would have been had more freedom to do stuff with him that didn't you know they didn't have to ensure that he survived because he has to appear in the original Star Trek series right yeah so like one of the few times in this that they are were actually concerned with continuity because apparently they have holodecks on this ship too, which, which it's apparently like don't hundred fucking years before holodecks are supposed to be around at I least. Don't which, I don't yeah, I got, I got annoyed with that and I didn't like what you said too. Like their guns have the kill counters and stuff on them. Yeah, it it's just like, seems like so is, like no. video gamey. Let's yeah, like, but this fuck? is, that's not what Starfleet, they don't have kill counters on their, their guns. They only use the guns for self-defense. That's it. It's not for like tracking how many people you murder. You know, yeah, that's sure it is. I mean, JJ Trekker, yeah, yeah, but even the Marines yeah. in Enterprise, remember that they had those <laughs> mar- like space Marines that were on their ship. They didn't even have kill counters on their guns. Oh man, yeah, they were like dedicated military people. Yeah, but I don't. I thought the character stuff. I I agree with you guys that there were some things that were just utterly predictable and unnecessary, like making the guy that they rescue her love interest. I actually thought I groaned when that started coming up. Cause I was like, Oh wow. For the last couple episodes, I actually thought like, you know, her character was becoming interesting and I hope they don't put her on this predictable path <laughs> and they put her on this predictable path. So I'm anxious to see how that turns out, whether it turns out very predictable or not. Like, yeah, he, like this guy, you know, she's going to find out that this guy is, he's got some, terrible dark secret and he betrays them or something like that. That's, I think that's how it's going to go. Cause that's how it always goes now. But I liked a lot of the other stuff that they did. I thought some of the stories were pretty good. I liked, um, shit. Now I can't remember it. Not that's the, been really good. No, not the one where they go to the planet with like the sparkle people who are uh, like trying to communicate with Saru. Oh, the sparkle pothead people who want to talk with everybody? Yeah, and then they're like, hey, let's just call everyone together. And yeah, let's have the like, Klingons come here. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I, I don't know. I That was an okay. That was okay. I, I kind of like the start of that episode, but then like as it went on, I'm like, okay, this is kind of dumb. Like, why are they just like calling the Klingons? That seems very like... I mean, at least back when Gene Roddenberry had hippies on his show, they all died at the end. So. Oh, here's... No, I now remember it. The one that I liked was where the Captain Lorca gets captured and they actually have like an ethical conundrum about using the tardigrade. They are killing it by making it do all these jumps. Yeah. That was more Star Trek than anything that I saw in this series yeah, I so actually... far because they had like a, there was like a conflict driving the plot that didn't have something to do with like pew, pew, pew. I, I agree with that. Like I sort of forgot about that because I really just blasted through this series really quick and the tardigrade stuff i actually did enjoy but then when it became just like okay we're gonna plug you know this dude who injected himself with tar juice like into the ship and like that's what we're doing now and just jump whenever we want it's like yeah. i'm like eh, okay it's I took a he's got the dive. juice justin that's how it works yeah now i can count like when the toothpicks fall on the floor or where star systems are in the sky yeah so okay. I, I liked that, and the, the time loop episode, although it was really derivative, and they solved it in exactly the same way that they solve every time loop episode, it you know, it reminded me most of the one in TNG where 
they keep emerging or the ship keeps emerging from the rift and yeah and it keeps hitting the enterprise and destroying it and they like find a way to send a message through the time loop so that they know what to do the right move to make and they kind of did that in that this episode too but i thought they did it in a an interesting way that like this harry mud was resetting the timeline so he could get <clears throat> what he needed to sell the ship to the Klingons. Cause and effect was the TNG one. Yeah, yeah. So it was it was a lot like that episode, but they did put a little twist on it. Like it's really I find more than anything, it's it's like world building stuff that I don't like in this series and like small things they do with the character development. I don't like that they are trying to make Michael, whatever her name is, and give her a like you know the typical love interest. And I don't like how people have fucking parties where they get drunk and stuff on Starfleet ships. That seemed really out of place, but yeah. I, I don't know enough about the lore it, to it see was, if like that ever happens. I'm just yeah. like, this is this feels weird. Like, and I don't want to be a purist or anything, but it just seemed really like you said, out of place. It did not it, it did not make sense cognitive dissonance going on when i saw it's like what the hell is going on what and this doesn't happen like i was just like expecting beastie boys to start playing or something like that or it's like you know okay we you know there's some like drama and stuff so like we have like a little 90210 subplot and then we go back to like the star trek stuff and that's like so it's like little things such as that that are annoying me and the disrespect for (laughs) you know the continuity but I, I like. I think Michael's character got better at least for a while. She like she was expressing more and having more range in the performance, and then it kind of came back down towards the end. She got very brick again towards the eighth and ninth episodes. So I don't know what's going on there. I like the captain guy. It's the one acting choice that she can make consistently. I yeah well that's why I want to see the rest of the season because because I I want to see how it turns out for her character and whether they actually do anything substantially interesting or not because I understand what they're trying to do they're trying to make her you know she's a robot in the first episode and they're trying to open her up embrace her human qualities whether yeah. or not they do that effectively is the question for me now. And I know the people that I like. I like the captain, and I like this that Saru guy. Pretty much, pretty much it. Because all the other people that were shitty got killed. Yeah, like the other security officer stupidly opened the thing, the cell with her gun, and then the tardigrade killed her. So that was funny. But... That was like the. Third or fourth episode, I think, wasn't it? Like he wasn't around for long. Yeah, I think it was. Well, the third episode. Because I kind of would have liked that one. Uh, Michael's roommate, whoever that girl was, to be killed. Yeah. yeah. Gross. She's a plot device. I understand why she's there, though. She's part of making. She's a compliment to Michael's character. Yes, I, so, I understand that, but I, but I guess. She's it, a little in the annoying. same way she's that like annoying. Michael's, you know, brick faced acting is like you have this like I don't know, over the top like say what is ever on your mind at that very second type person. I don't know. 
both their characters are annoying, but I suppose, like you said, they complement each other. And but would the, the chatty idiot character have actually been allowed through Starfleet Academy like that? It seems like they kind of turn out a certain sort of person who has a... I mean, like, even if, like, her test grades were, like, really good and, no, like, a good researcher been, or something like that. There's like, been chatty idiot people who are Starfleet officers before. Remember that that uh, the one woman who worked in engineering and spilled all the, like, the chocolate all over Picard in that one episode? She just couldn't shut up. But she was gone. Like she was retconned out of existence. She never. I'm I know. But that, that, what's what's again, so bad about is, giving people a little personality in the show? This it is needs a it, research so. ship. Yeah, so like yeah. I can see her character being like a you know quirky like super smart in sportology or whatever. Yeah. They're all scientists. People. It just seems show. like they're trying to have some kind of high school and space shit. Like with this. Oh, I got my cafeteria. I have no rank. Where do I sit? Oh man, we're gonna have you know a party, <laughs> a dance. Yeah. You get invited to the party. Uh, oh, your parent don't tell Captain Lorca. That stuff like that. <laughs> He's the principal that, of the ship. <laughs> it's that stuff that is like that little thing behind my ear that just itches really bad, and I can't get at it sometimes. That's those are the kinds of things that annoy me. But just generally, yeah, it. it like I said, it got better. It's still mixed. It's it still doesn't feel like Star Trek most of the time. It doesn't like feel those late. two episodes that I talked about, those were where it felt like Star Trek. I, I got a question for you. I mean, I can't answer this. Would you rather have nothing or actually have this show as like a, you know, serialized, you know, Star Trek? Because like I was talking with Clark the other day, like you mean have like no new Star Trek or have no show? no new like Star Trek you know TV show versus like I don't know what the last Star Trek show was I think you said it was Enterprise or something Enterprise, like yeah but like would you rather have like at least I have this sort of thing that like spans the Star Trek universe a little bit yeah even if it isn't great or would you rather be like I wish this thing never existed no I'm I'm okay with it existing and I'm glad that it's there I'd rather have this show than nothing. And I think the show at least has the potential to be the antidote to the stupid fucking J.J. Abrams movies that really did ruin Star Trek, in my opinion. Even though, I mean, they are still like they're using his toting the line a little bit of J.J. Right. Like. They're using his aesthetic, and I think his general take on Star Trek as an action franchise versus traditional Star Trek, but I did see there were bright spots, like we said, where, ooh, like, you know, they had an ethical dilemma or there was an actual uh, conundrum that they had to solve without guns in these. So that's an encouraging sign to me. I like... I, there were a couple episodes, I guess, like I would that. keep. I'm going to keep watching this series. It's not a perfect series, but I would say it's probably on par with, you know, early Enterprise, early Voyager... No, yeah. I could so it you know, you don't know where it's gonna go yet. The only thing I stand by completely is that the first two episodes were a really bad introduction to the series because they were boring. The most interesting stuff happened in like, you know, midway. Yeah, I mean I, like yeah. if you want to hook me, you gotta make two really good uh intro episodes and they just they just didn't do that because most of the stuff was not interesting, especially the Klingon shit, which took so long to get through, as we said last week. None of the Klingon stuff was interesting. Like, 
Because they're not really, they're trickling it out. You don't really get a good sense of the context of what all the Klingons are bitching about. All but the like you're saying about having the pilot episodes, like you have to give me a little bit of something about the Klingons to like. Yeah, the thing I got out of that was that Takuvma is trying to reunite the 24 houses of the Klingon Empire so that they can be a united people once again. And that was his whole motivation for lighting that beacon to bring all the Federation ships there and then to signal all the Klingons to so they could start a conflict because he knew that a conflict would unite his people because that's what they do is fight people basically like their whole life. Yeah, I guess I'm just missing more of the Klingon. Like, but yeah, you're. But I had to piece that together. I had to think about it. I shouldn't have to think about that. Like that should be pretty clear from the the plot. Like, I got why the same conclusion, but like the about the Klingons themselves, like there's nothing. I mean, even when they first like reintroduce them into the next generation, they had some Klingon like explainer background, cultural, interesting stuff. This is right, just which like changed like, a whole ton during the course of the series, but still, it was pretty consistent. There was something though. This is just yeah. like, hey, you want to smash some humans? Yeah, I love smashing stuff. Great. I'll see you at the crypt. They have there's right, like, like nothing. What's the crypt? I don't get. What was that? The space mausoleum thing. Like, oh, no, we, I know what it is now. But then I was wondering, okay, what is he talking about? I don't. What is this crypt thing? And even when they get there, they don't really explain it. And I, I love smashing humans too. Let's all smash some humans, and then that's our only. We we just love smashing stuff. That's all we do. Uh, it just it feels like I'm reading a magazine about Star Trek. Like they should just, develop the the Klingons should be developed more. I think, but they're hesitant to just tread the same path as previous incarnations of them were. So maybe they're not so much about honor in this show, which seems to be the case. They s- that's a point they actually repeat. It's like, I know how to, you know, deal with these Klingons. They're honor based and blah, blah, blah. Like they'll, they'll do a one-on-one fight if I ask them to. And you know, they'll throw down like that. Yeah. But then they do a lot of sneaky shit. That's not really honorable. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I guess the, the test will be what they, when they, cause you know, they're going to get to the Romulans cause they're going to have to jam some shit in here anyway. Yeah. I, okay. Uh, just series as a whole, good um good enough i will keep watching it i'm intrigued at least it has serious flaws but i'm gonna keep giving it a a chance wait till the next episodes come out if the the beastie boys come on as one of the soundtracks uh, drop it yes my rating will go down significantly if there's like you know heavy metal or beastie boys music played during some episode and they use that as a plot device or something to like make bees do something (laughs) They did in fucking Star Trek. Uh, was that beyond? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they'll make the bees form a giant spaceship, <laughs> not a machine gun. Doesn't make any sense, right? Bee drive to get from place oh, to place. That's that's how they'll do it. <laughs> they no have more a bee gun. <laughs> so like with the, a bee kill counter. So like they all like you know move their wings in unison. That's what moves the ship through space. Is that? Yeah, when they all flap really hard, right, they go like past warp yes. speed. <laughs> Yeah. You got to keep them angry, though. But it's an ethical <laughs> dilemma because are they exploiting the bees? The chief engineer becomes a No, 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 but the bees are forming their own ship. That's what we were saying. They're forming their own ship. So they're not expo- they're they're running the show themselves. Nobody's exploiting them. Yeah, it's like a bee Tommy yeah. gun. No one's They have the like, what are those things called? The Borg cube? That's like a giant beehive. Yeah. 
Bee cube. I mean, oh, I can't. The honeycomb. To... That could be the ship. Ooh. <laughs> like See, the technodrome. But that's why I'm interested in watching the rest of this because I hope there are more ethical dilemma episodes because, like, every other TNG episode is a dilemma. So that's nice. That is one thing that I, that did irk me a little bit is how everybody's so willing to just do anything because we got to win the war. Yeah, they're That's like not they're, something Starfleet people. Can you imagine Picard saying that stuff? Could you imagine like <laughs> it's I, I mean I don't movie Picard. I can imagine movie Picard well, saying Well, will movie Picard ever put a bomb on a dead body that they're like That's gonna go more retreat? Captain Cisco after he shaves his head. Cisco. BS nine. Okay. No, I can see Picard doing that because it's like a cunning strategy and there's not really, like, you're not killing... You were saying they didn't want to murder people in Starfleet and they're no, just no, like, no, well, no, let's no. Use, exploit a dead okay, body. But they have... The body's dead. They kind of had to do that. You know, there's no there's no way out other than that. The one area where I thought that they did this really well was when that Saru guy had to decide whether or not he was going to let them escape or continue to kill the tardigrade by making them jump. And he chose, like, we have to get out of here. Keep this thing alive as long as you can. But if it dies, it dies. Like, we have, you know, this is my responsibility. So that was that was a good thing, and it worked with that episode. But in general, like, the Lorca, he's always saying, oh, yeah, we have to win the war. We have to win the war, and we'll, you know, we'll do whatever's necessary. And I don't know. That's not even a Kirk thing. So, like, is he <laughs> evil? Because, like, the last episode was like, oh, I'm going to change the last jump to, like, question mark it's just see that it's just annoying how it seems like starfleet officers are just really willing to give up their ideals and the principles that they live by it that is really jj it's gritty right that's the jj track influence yeah because that's that's stupid um douchebag kirk from jj track like all the way that's right he you know he's like i'm gonna break all the rules and i'm gonna be a jerk while i do it and we're gonna blow shit up and kill people and then i give a speech at the end of the movie where nobody learned anything but i still get rewarded about how it's wrong to right about how it's wrong like i know because i killed a ton of people so now i can lecture all of you about it without paying any consequences of course because i got revived by the super blood yeah yeah So if yeah. they do that in the show and the and the captain faces serious consequences for doing that stuff, then I would change my stance and it wouldn't irk me as much. So I have to guess I have to wait and see on that because they already said they were going to strip him of his command because he's got PTSD from blowing well, up his own crew. That, that's like one thing I'm like wondering if they're going to follow up on because it's like, okay, well, that one, was he an admiral or something like that is going to yeah. report him? Yeah. And then like... He's obviously like falsified some records about like, okay, well, I'm gonna have you have a do full medical exam and we're just gonna hop back anyway. It's like, is that gonna come back and bite him in the ass? Yeah. Or it's like, oh, we're so happy that you're, you know, safe and sound. Okay, go back on your exploratory missions. He's dirty. Okay. It's I mean all, all this like you see those black like what is it, the black badges or whatever, the obviously section thirty one people. You know that shit's happening. Where are they on the ship? Or at the very beginning of the yeah. series, like when she was uh, being escorted onto the ship, they all, like some of the people had black badges. Oh, and I mean, pers- I don't know what that means, so maybe they're just security. Uh, the person escorting her, whoever it was, I can't remember at this point, was like, you see those black badges, you know what that means, right? Like, that's the speculation that the ship is doing all this weird stuff because, you know, Section 31. So I'm sure Captain Lurk is actually a secret super spy 
Okay, well, if they shoehorn that stuff into the show, <laughs> that would be a major downer for me because that was always a little bit of a. I hated that. Yeah, it was. It was just weird <laughs> when they did that in how in Enterprise and Deep Space Nine. Um, did they do it in Voyager at all? I don't think so. No, well, Voyager had their own Section Thirty One. Captain Jamie was a fucking psychopath. All right, yeah. So I guess I guess we'll count it then. So they, I think they've done that to death. They should stay away from that. I like just this Lorca guy being on the edge because he's obviously got like an axe to grind because he had to kill his own crew to prevent them from becoming Klingon prisoners. So he's willing to do anything, and he's got some kind of he's got some kind of mental trauma going on. So. That makes him an interesting character to me, all the stuff and what his motivations are. So I want to see more about that. But if, like I said, they just do it like JJ Trek, like he kills a bunch of people and then just like gets rewarded for it, that would be very anti-Star Trek. That would be the clearest sign that we're not watching real Star Trek, where they don't, they just sweep it under the rug because hey, you got, you did so many good missions. It's okay. <laughs> But I hold out hope that they, they could. won't do that. They they could do that because the admiral lady, who is also a psychologist, which is kind of a weird combination, she gets on his ass really hard about giving Michael Burnham a break. So we'll see. I guess we'll see how many episodes they end up recycling to. Because, I mean, they're you know recycle I, from old series. You're saying the yeah. old series, or even like the time loop episode was like a classic original Star Trek series character and a TNG plot combined together. Mm -hmm. I'm not so worried about that though, because they've done that a lot in Star Trek. Like a lot of the early episodes of next generation were old, um, unproduced original series scripts, or they adapted an idea that they had for the original series. You know, or, I can tell. Right. Or for, or for, you know, the, they had the failed series before they made the movie <laughs> Star Trek phase two, they were going to do, and they had a lot of plots and scripts written for that that they adapted to the next generation like seven years later. So I don't have a big deal with that as long as you're putting like a unique twist on it. Like give me something that's different about like the time loop story, which they kind of did, so it's okay. Is that, the, is that one of those episodes? Is that what's responsible for the, uh, the classic TNG episode where they beam down to the planet full of black people wearing loincloths and tiger hats? Oh, where was the, that a Gene Roddenberry where, script? Where, where the women have all the property, and <laughs> Tasha has to fight uh, the one. Yeah, with the hand mace thing. But yeah, they're, yeah. They're all the, it's dressed... like a big bear glove. Thing. Yeah, yeah, like okay. African tribesmen. So was that? It seems like a 1960s kind of insensitive thing. Yeah, that would episode wouldn't get made today, but it's still a fucking funny episode. Oh, I mean, it's, it's hilarious. It's, it's like <laughs> it's it's pretty bad. I mean, but but like they had that episode where they. Um, they all go. They all start going crazy because they get infected with the same thing that infected the crew of the original Enterprise like a hundred years before. And in those episodes, don't they have the old thing too? Hmm? The disease that makes you get really old. Doesn't Doctor Pulaski get that? And Doctor McCoy? Not in that? the same way. And it's not really the focus of the episode. But anyway, I'm okay with them recycling stuff as long as they do something a little different with it. Because it happens, you can't just come up with. Well, I don't continuously think they, they need to come up with original, original stuff style. all the time, but it's just, eh. They just kind of felt like, look, it's Harry Mud. Maybe you could just use the plot of the time loop 
the I will say that the way they've handled the cast, the ensemble aspect is a lot more TNG like than it is Voyager because by towards the end of Voyager, like the last four seasons, for somebody who hasn't seen it, they were focusing on three characters only. And every episode was about those three characters or they were the focal point of it. Mm. And everybody else just got like the shaft completely. And it was pretty shitty. Whereas TNG, everybody kind of had a good mix of episodes. They focused more on like Picard and data, but everybody had a chance to get developed. I feel like they're doing that model more in the show because Michael Burnham is clearly the focus, but the captain and the Saru and the I don't even know what the guy is security guard. Yeah, the, the uh, is her chief like, of security. I can't remember his her name. Boyfriend. Yeah, but they get some time in each episode and they get moments. So that's good. I mean, I I, I kind of just see see what you're saying, but I mean, really, it seems like. There's only maybe four people, the ones you just named, that are kind of the focus point. I mean, it feels like... Um, oh, and her roommate, so... Yeah, her roommate, and I feel like... And engineering guy, so six people, really. Yeah, but, I mean, I thought the cast of, like, The Next Generation was larger than that, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Six or seven people, I think. It's about oh, the same. okay. Yeah. I thought it was the main cast. Maybe a few more. Yeah, I mean, there's. I'd say there's probably like eight or nine people, but that okay. represents such a great collection of timing and writing talent and stuff that I just don't think that they'd be able to do today. So that they, they, oh yeah, yeah, like the the clearly because <laughs> Brian Fuller left the show already, right? He's not involved anymore after mm-hmm. this first season that we're seeing. The first part, yeah, yeah. So the next stuff we're gonna see in January, he's not involved in that. What else did he do? Because if he, they shot it all uh, at once, I think he would be. He was, I think he was one of the head writers on Deep Space Nine for a long time. And then he was the guy, if you ever saw the new um, Hannibal series. I heard it's good, but I haven't watched it. Yeah, he was the showrunner and the creator of that show, which was really good, actually. It, some aspects of it remind me a lot of Hannibal, Star Trek Discovery does. But uh, if he's not involved after it, I don't know. It doesn't seem like they really have anybody. They have who the Kurtzman, right? Is the executive producer. That's very worrying. So, <laughs> a chief JJ acolyte involved. I hope he doesn't move into the showrunner position because that would suck. Yeah. You saw the preview. It seemed like there was a lot of yelling and running and shake stuff. and action. Shake the and camera and, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. The camera stuff in the show. That is a little annoying because it's clearly JJ inspired where they come up like from the floor with the Dutch angle, like looking at people and stuff. Yeah, I would, no, I just mean like the little like, you know, half minute, minute preview or whatever it was uh, at the end of the last episode. It seemed like they were just like yelling and screaming a lot and you know, all those low camera angles you just described around uh, the engineering dude. We've got to explode. Like, oh, they haven't had an exploder button yet in the show. <laughs> hey, what? Exploder? It's an old, um, <laughs> it's a fucking stupid plot device used in James Bond movies, like especially the old Bond movies. It's in Dr. No or something, right? No, it right? was in You Only Live Twice. In the, yeah, okay, so where he's in the volcano base or whatever, and he has to blow it up with the exploder button. Yeah. 
You got to get to the it's control like, room first to use all, the who, exploder. In, in, in your secret base, who builds a button into their control panel to blow up your own secret base? Just a single button. Just a single button. No fail safes at all. Safe. Yeah. So have a, some guy leans over on it by actually stretching, and like you're dead. You're all dead. You have Harry Mud that says, "Hey, let's blow up the ship." You think he went to Harvey Mud College? He may have. Okay. I I really like. I was like thinking about it when you know Grant was saying this. I'm like, Harv Harry? No. Yeah. Harry, Harry. I thought, um, what's the guy's name who played Harry Mudd in this? Dwight from The Office? Yeah. Rain Wilson, right? Okay. He was pretty good. It annoyed me when I first figured out who he was because I fucking hate The Office. So That's why I was yeah. like getting vibes of like, <laughs> this guy, he like has a similar speech pattern to someone I, I've seen yeah, before. And I was watching, I was like, who who the hell is this guy? I know this guy. And I was like, oh, it's fucking Dwight from The Office. That, that changed it. my perspective on him a lot. <laughs> and like, I'm just thinking back to like everything that he's like said and was acting, you know, in the series. And I'm just like, oh, okay. That, because then that makes me fear awesome. greatly. It's like, oh shit, are we going to get like Jim from The Office or is, oh. is Rashida Jones going to play somebody or I know you're you're not that far into uh, Game of Thrones, the show yet, and you aren't finished with the books. But um, completely like spoiler free thing that happens in the series. <clears throat> um, one of the characters is walking down the road, and there's this like really weird out of place moment where she comes across some soldiers, and like the main soldier there is like Ed Shireen, and it's just like, what? fuck is this doing here like a cameo for the yeah yeah and he was like a singer too it's just like oh my god this is just like feels so like you know shoehorned in it's like i don't know but i i hope it's not like this in this series i mean it's it's just so it's fucking dissonant when you see people that you know from other things guest starring it like um i remember on voyager the rock was he had a few a guest star role in one episode, and it just you couldn't take him seriously. It was just too funny because they even had him doing like he was a gladiator and he was doing wrestling moves and stuff. And then in Enterprise, um, Big Show was an Orion slave trader. Remember that? <laughs> in like the first episode, wasn't it? No, I don't, well, I don't know, but he was. It was one of the early ones where they went to the station because they were like, "Ooh, what's that?" And to Paul's like another Vulcan. First officer, you stupid fucking humans. Yeah. I just realized that. I think people should give Star Trek Discovery a chance. I think the hardest thing about giving it a chance is that you pretty much have to subscribe to a pay-per-view service to get access to it, unless you want to watch it illegally. So they're not really giving people a wide audience, a chance to experience this. I think they fucked up. If they were going to make a show that was online only like this, they should have made it more like classic Star Trek with less gun kill counters and stuff. Right, because it's clearly, if they want it to be for hardcore fans, make it hardcore But now that they have fewer people who can watch it, they decide to make it mass appeal laser gun action. You can't even access the show just like with a normal cable subscription. It's a separate subscription. CBS All Access or whatever. Yeah, it's like yeah. Hulu or something. Online oh, only. Nice. I don't like that model. I don't think it... I don't know like how much business this thing is actually generating for them. I just don't like that model very much because you kind of preclude any show from getting a huge following unless you're Netflix. And they're never going to be Netflix. 
Yeah. But I mean, that's just the way things are like heading at the moment. And it's a little worrying. I don't know. Like considered though, if CBS had not made this their flagship thing for their little all access service and they had contracted with Amazon or Netflix to distribute this through their platform or to produce it with them. If this was on prime, it would have a, it would have a much larger audience or at least a chance for a much larger audience. That's what would piss me off is if I get invested in this and they cancel it after, you know, one or two seasons. Cause that's exactly what sci-fi did with Stargate universe. And just when that was getting interesting, they killed it. Entirely possible it'll happen. I don't think it's going to be a 10 season phenomenon. No, I don't think it is either, but I mean, I don't think a Star Trek series has ever lasted beyond seven seasons. That's that's the record, isn't it? I don't think it's ever going to yeah. be a seven season phenomenon either. But one or two is a waste. Eh, I guess it depends on how much more. If you're doing a get. serialized show like this, it's a big waste. If you're doing oh, a lot of standalone episodes, for I can, them, yeah. If it's like the original series where it's all standalone episodes, then three seasons. As a Star Trek fan, it wasn't enough for me, but 75 episodes, you can watch that forever. I guess the thing I don't really understand is, like, you have, like, Star Wars or something like that, where, like, they have, you know, the Clone Wars, and it's, like, you know, widely available. It's, you know, sort of geared towards, like, a younger audience to, like, you know, get them invested in the Star Wars universe, you know, hook them all the young type shit. Whereas, like, this show, I mean, it's not, like helps you get into whatever these new JJ Trek movies are. It's just like its own freestanding thing. And it's like, like you said, for hardcore fans. So it's like, I don't know if it's doomed to fail in that respect because you mean, you make it hard to access, you limit it to, you know, a subset of people rather than, you know, a wide, you know, cable thing or something. You have to subscribe to this thing. You also have to be a fan to look for it and watch it on this subscription service. So, I don't know. It's I don't know what point I'm even trying to make here. It just seems like they took a base of people, they shaved it down, you know, two or three times before they're like, okay, you guys can watch this or we'll seek it out. Oh. Well I think that the biggest problem is that he there yeah, I guess I'll get that. Kind of feel bad. We're all just like sitting here, and like some guys like <laughs> at the door. Oh, where's the bricks? You gonna put in a marker here to edit this part out? Yeah, I'll cut this part <laughs> out. But I think the biggest problem that they're facing is not that they have like a smaller potential audience; is that it's. I don't know if they have laid enough groundwork in their nine episodes so far to really like. The people know. that are actually, you know, paying for this. Right. Will they come back, you know, in January and be like, How many yeah, episodes is this season again. supposed to be? Probably, I guess 18, 9 and 9. I, uh, I mean, that's enough to get a good storyline going. If this was a show that had only 10 episodes, I would agree with you more that it's a little difficult. That's why I'm saying it depends on what they do with the back nine, so to speak. Yeah, because it's all just filler. Because right yeah. now they haven't laid down enough to make me think like, mm, I'm really interested in what happens here. 
but in another nine episodes, if they have some more ones that are dilemma based or ethical or something that more interesting, okay, I might be into it, but as it stands right now, it's like I'll watch Draco Malfoy's dead. Everybody else is kind of like I'm I'm I like Justin's way of putting it when he asked me. I think it's better than no Star Trek at all. It's certainly better than the JJ crap movies. And at least it has the potential to become something good. Oh yeah, I think that it's probably on par with when Voyager was yeah. good. Kind of a middling show right now, but it has the potential to be great. Just like TNG was a not very great show in the first couple seasons, and then it became awesome. Yeah, it's true. But Riker got a beard. That's what I've always heard. Yeah, he Stop grew it. a beard. That's when the show took off. It seems to happen a lot. Like when uh, Captain Sisko shaves his head and grows his goatee, that's when that show picks up. I just have no idea who this person is. Like I usually have a general idea of a picture in my mind of like he's the black guy. He's the he's the only black uh, Star like main character captain. Yeah, I don't even know. Okay, so far. I have to look at the picture later. Okay. He's really entertaining because after he shaves his head and grows his goatee, he fucking loves killing people. It like he turns up into like flexo, like evil <laughs> twin type thing. Sort of, yeah. Okay. He just he loves killing people. It's like I'll destroy the atmosphere of your planet to force me to tell you where, or to force you to tell me where someone's hiding. Don't worry about it. Cool. He is. Yeah, it gets really entertaining. I'll assassinate this Romulan senator to start a war. Whatever, no big deal. It's uh, to his benefit. Exactly, and I think that's why you can tell that Deep Space Nine guy was involved. <laughs> Talented writer, but Deep Space Nine seems to have a boner for that, like, gotta win any cost concept Yeah, PNG didn't have. It's like a little, it's a rejection or kind of, I guess, a counter-narrative to the Gene Roddenberry version of Star Trek, which a lot of people hated Deep Space Nine because of that. I don't really buy that. I don't think they ever really crossed some huge line or anything. There's People cross lines in the next generation, too. People did some questionable things. Well. Data was going to murder that guy once. He did try. Right, and then they transported him that before he could kill him. drunk dude. Irish fuck... Miles O'Brien ruined it. Threw up on his transporter console. Yeah. So what are we going to watch next week now that we've finished all of STD? Justin's going to go see Thor Ragnarok. Oh, okay. Well, we'll talk about uh... Thor Ragnarok because it's an exact copy of a Star Trek Voyager episode. <laughs> Part of it is. <laughs> Maybe. We'll see. There's a fucking camera up on the internet, Justin. It's got good audio. Just Okay. Maybe. We'll figure out. Something. Won't even download the 600 megabyte file. Look at this guy. We'll 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 figure out something to talk about.